Hi, I'm Michael Fagan. Hi, I'm Renee Speranza. Today we'll be talking about Tempranillo, which is so intrinsically linked to the winemaking culture of Spain. It is grown all over the country in varying names that you might not even know if you're drinking a Tempranillo. The world of wine can be confusing, especially considering that the name of one grape can have dozens of different names even when produced in the same country. To help us unravel this mystery, today we are joined by Pedro Balestro, Master of Wine. Based in Belgium, Pedro holds a degree in agronomical engineering and a master's in viticulture and enology, among his many qualifications. Welcome, Pedro. Welcome, Pedro. We know that Tempranillo is known by many different names across the country. Why does it have so many names? The world of wine is confusing enough. Why, why are there so many names for one grape variety? Tempranillo has been for uh, many, many centuries concentrated in mostly in some areas of Spain, but also in Portugal. And the people there, they were not, Spain, you know, is a country with a lot of mountains and communications until recently were not very good. So the people in each different area were, were giving a particular name to the grape variety very often because they didn't know where it came from. Eh? You would call it one thing, I would call it in my part of the country something else, but it's the same grape. It is almost the same grape eh? because there are many different clones and there has been many mutations over centuries. So it is almost the same uh, grape. But for instance, the Tinta de Toro in Toro until recently was Tempranillo, but there were quite different clones to the ones coming from Rioja. And it's the same with Tinta Fina in Ribera del Duero. The Portuguese, they say that their Tinta Roris is slightly different. There are some clonal differences. And you have some places in La Alentejo, they call it Aragonés, in Catalonia, Uldelebre, in Valdepeñas, uh, Sensible, and I don't know how many names, yes. The real thing is that Tempranillo has been known as Tempranillo thanks to Rioja. And then all the other regions in Spain, they have adopted this name. So because uh, Tempranillo is so linked to Rioja, that's, that's really where the name really started from. Why did it have that intrinsic link? Or why do you think it has that intrinsic link to that region? You know, Tempranillo is very closely linked to Rioja, but Garnacha as well. In Rioja Baja, Garnacha has been the most important grape variety. And until the 1960s, Garnacha was much more important than Tempranillo. Tempranillo has been very particularly associated with two areas of Rioja. With Rioja La Vesa, there is practically a single cultivation of Tempranillo, and Rioja Alta, always blended with, with other varieties. The reason for this is, well, because Rioja became the flagship of Spain, and the Tempranillo characteristics are contributing a lot to, to, to this. Rioja was not important in qualitative terms until the second half of the 19th century. It was in uh, 1858 when Marquez de Riscal, he came to Spain from Bordeaux and he imported the, the, all the Bordeaux method you know, uh, of making wine. And then they realized the importance of Tempranillo because Tempranillo has a very important characteristic. Young Tempranillo wines are not so good. Uh, Tempranillo is showing all its potential after some aging. And in order to age the wine, you need some kind of science, technology, and, and equipment. And it was something that came to Spain only in the second half of the 19th century. When the Marquis de Riscal came from Bordeaux and he's bringing his winemaking techniques, a lot of Bordeaux is all about blending. So tell me about Tempranillo and what does it blend best with? 
it is a very good blender. Normally in uh, Rioja Alta, mostly, it is blended with a bit of uh, garnacha in order to provide a particular fruit expression with cariñana in order just to give some body, some very tight tannins, and with graciano. Graciano came from grapes, no? it's a very graceful grape variety. And those blends, they have always been part of the craft of the winemaker. Now there is a trend to produce a lot of top quality single variety tempranillos. I think that some of them, single ginger as well, are great. But I'm always very much fond of uh, blended wines. Speaking of diving into Rioja just a little bit more, we have our three zonal areas, the Alta, the Alavesa and the Oriental. What are the different expressions that Tempranillo in this area can provide across the regions? Normally, Rioja La Vesa is the smallest area, and there is practically 90% of the grapes are Tempranillo. This is one really one of the, of the cradles of, of Tempranillo. And there is an area that is quite fresh. You have to take into account one of the limitations for Tempranillo is that Tempranillo tends to lose acidity very quickly in very warm climates. Because of that, Tempranillo is not doing very well in some new world areas in which the climate is warmer. And it's not doing well neither in some areas in Spain, now Tempranillos all over Spain, but really good Tempranillos in those areas that are, uh, the climate is good to, to keep the freshness, to keep acidity. And Rioja La Vesa is one of those areas in climatic terms to keep this. While in Rioja Alta, it, it was much more uh, usual to blend Tempranillo with other grape varieties. In the past, many, many years ago, some of the top very old Riojas uh, were a blend of maybe 50, 60% Tempranillo with Cariñena and Mazuel. Rioja Baja is, in my view, in most cases, far too warm for Tempranillo. This is an area for Garnacha. Eh? You still find a lot of Tempranillo from Rioja Baja, but normally it's used uh, in blends for wines that are not at the top. Eh? The top, you're going to find it in Rioja Alta, Rioja La Vesa, with Tempranillo. Then you have wonderful Garnacha wines from Rioja Baja or Rioja Oriental. It's a, a much more Mediterranean climate. Take into account Tempranillo is one of those rare varieties that is at the border between the Mediterranean grape varieties, those that were imported by the Romans, the Greeks, etc., Garnacha, Carignan, Mourvedre, etc., and the Atlantic grape varieties, the Cabernet, Merlot. In genetic terms, it is not very clear how it was originated, but it's clearly a grape variety that is well adapted to continental and Atlantic climates and not so well adapted to Mediterranean climates when it tends to lose freshness and acidity tend to become a little bit alcoholic. Like many varieties, it's all about location, location, location. And Tempranillo is very sensitive to that. So when you're growing at different elevations and different areas, that's really going to have an impact on the final expression. Absolutely. And with a different approach. Another limitation for Tempranillo is don't try to produce high quality Tempranillo with high yields. Tempranillo is quite uh, sensitive to yield. Uh, quality is very much associated with low yields. Now, when we look at Tempranillo, it ages nicely in the bottle. Can you help our, our listeners quickly understand the difference with labeling in Spain when we have Crianza, Reserva, Gran Reserva? I think that the most important characteristic of top Tempranillo is this amazing capacity that I don't understand fully to age gracefully for many, many years. 
I was once in a historic tasting. It was so historic that we started with uh, 1860, then 1861, 1862, 1863, until 1920. And most of the wines were wonderful. And then it was clear that uh, the top Tempranillo need some aging on oak and then some aging in bottle in order to reach its full potential. So in the 1970s, there was an official classification in Rioja in which it was stated how long you should age a wine in order to be of a certain category. Before that, it was clear the tradition in, in Rioja was that the wines were sold not on the on the vintage, but they were sold with no indication of vintage, saying this is a wine that has been aged for six years or for three years or for five years. And according to this, the, the prices were different. But then there was everything was put in order. And now you have three major categories according to the aging time, to the minimum aging time is the crianza, that you can sell these wines in the second year after the vintage, reserva, and the top of the top, that is the grand reserva that you can sell the wines only after five years after the, after the vintage. Top producers, they go for much longer and they rec recommend to keep the wines for a much longer. It's one of the classifications in Rioja. Now the trend of fashion in Rioja is to speak about the single vineyard, particular areas. And in some cases, some producers are uh, shortening the aging uh, period in order to keep much more uh, fruit and a lot of freshness. And this is also good. I'm really surprised how many things they are doing. So we have now a much more complex uh, classification in, in Rioja on this. But I always say, for Crianza and Reserva, this is a legal guarantee that the wine has been aged for a certain time. But for Grand Reserva, good Grand Reservas are really uh, an exclusive luxury. I would recommend always to try them as a way of drinking decadence, elegant decadence, as a way of drinking something that you cannot naturally produce, as a way of drinking something that has nothing to do with fruit and with these uh, bumbles and these things like this, that is just about wine and wine to be felt as a different experience is what makes wine not food, much more than food. What would you pair with a crianza? Uh, some lap chops. What would you pair with a reserva? With a reserva, I would go for traditional things, very hearty things. I would think maybe of duck, uh, and I would think also maybe of beans with chorizo, um, with these kind of things. Those uh, meals that you are having in winter time with a slow conversation, uh, not thinking all your kilos, but thinking about your, your heart and your company. And this I would recommend. And then for the last one, I know you said that Grand Reserva is good all by itself, but if you were going to pair it with something, what would you pair it with? The greatest thing of the Grand Reserva is in the finish. Grand Reserva is never imposing itself, so it's a very good partner to, to very refined food. It's never going to compete on this. It's something that is more of the feeling of the velvety texture and of the feeling in the finish. So I would go for very refined uh, food on this. But I would say also something. I would recommend that uh, McDonald's is uh, having Rioja in their places. I know it's not legal, but with a, a lovely uh, hamburger, a crianza is one of the best matches I have ever had. You were mentioning earlier how some of the styles of Rioja are being produced today are changing. Can you speak briefly about that and what's driving it? Is it because new world consumers are looking for more fruit driven rather than less wood? What are your thoughts on what's driving some of the changes we're seeing in the style of Rioja today? 
there are several drivers there and there are kind of interconnected in a complex way. The first thing for me, the most important one is just the increase of self-esteem by the vine growers. The give to much more value to the land, understanding better the old vines, doing uh, whatever to preserve this heritage. And to realize in the bottle what is evident in the vine, that is a plot of land is different to, to another plot of land, and they can give a very particular character. This is something much more dealing with the self-esteem and with the experience and with the knowledge. Take it account that Spain is a, apparently is a very old country in real terms. We are a kind of a new, new world because Spain was poor for many years and the people now, they have education, they can travel, everything. but these are things that came when I was a very young man, not before. My, my father didn't have the, the same opportunities. And then this uh, increasing knowledge is, I think, is the first reason for this. The second reason is that the people is uh, more and more all over the world looking for distinctive wines wines that are speaking for themselves, wines that are having much more of a personality. Fashions of the past of overwrapped wines with a lot of oak, with a lot of alcohol, this is now not uh, interesting for people. And then you have to pay a lot of attention to the vineyard. This is one of the options and to make the selection. I think that the markets, the fine wine markets are appreciating this a lot. The third element is an element that in, in these times with so many uncertainties, uh, many people, they have a certain degree of invented nostalgia. And then we look for very particular uh, classic styles of wine. This is the case of the Grand Reserva or the wines that are being aged for a long, long time. And this is another niche. Finally, this uh, search for lower alcohol wines, for fresher wines, is, is also being a very important driver. I think that uh, Parker is not so much of a driver now for the fine wine markets. I, I think in Canada is similar. I, I was in Canada two years ago and I was really impressed on, on the on the wine culture and how the people is looking for many different expressions and they're not particularly fond of the uh, typical uh, new old wine that is a lot of oak, a lot of fruit, and a lot of everything. They are looking for, for different expressions. One thing seems to be true. There seems to be a lot of value that is coming out of the region of Rioja. How are producers able to do this? Because it's it's such an accessible price point, even up to the Grand Reserva level for, for what the wine is. I would say that the first reason it's not very good for Spain is that we have many uh, old vineyards. The people were already living there. And then our grapes are particularly cheap. I wouldn't say that our wines are cheap. I would say that our grapes are cheap. And I would like that our grapes are much more expensive because that would mean that this is a generational change on this. It's true that we have very good wineries, mostly in Rioja, that they are very well organized, very good brands, very reliable, and they also can keep prices. I think Rioja is competing all the time with Bordeaux, Chianti in these places. I would say that for the same price, you can have an extra degree of pressure with many Riojas. One of the characteristics that I've always found in Rioja is the impact of American oak. They use a lot of American oak for making Rioja. What brought that about for the use of American oak through Spain? American oak, normally it gives out less tannins than French oak. Good Tempranillo tannins tend to be quite velvety, quite suave. Normally one can have Tempranillo wines that are a, a bit harsh because of the French oak tannins. 
This used to be the case in the past. For instance, now in Rivera del Duero, uh, most high-level Tempranillo wines or Tintafina wines are made in French oak, and now increasingly so in, in Rioja. The key point is to keep a very good balance with the age of the barrels. Eh? New barrels normally are not used for the top wines. They prefer to use barrels that are one or two uh, wines old in order to, to use them. Now it's a huge combination. In Rioja, you have the most important stock of oak barrels in the world. There are several million barrels there. When you go there, it's amazing. You, you, I think that you see more Bhutan wine because it's, it's amazing how many. And there is a lot of people that are really masters in using oak. And they're using combination. The classic Rioja style, Crianza, many reservas, and many grand reservas, it is with American oak because it's also just the classic profile, etc. But there are many, many wines, more and more wines with uh, French oak. You need, in order to use French oak, to have more concentrated fruit, more tannins in the wine. And then it depends very much on the on the taste of the people. Normally, as I mentioned, Grand Reserve, I like very old wines, and I like those wines to be this kind of the memory of a grandmother, no? something that is silent, but is impressing you, is giving you a lot of emotion. While other people prefer just to have the presence of, of your wife, uh, that is something much more vivid, etc. I think that the, the major asset of Rioja is diversity. And one of the things I like that the winemakers seem to use when they're using oak, it's there as a spice, not to overpower, but it's there to contribute something and not take away from anything. And I think that's one of the things when people are discovering the wines of Rioja and the wines of Spain, that they get to taste the fruit and the real craft of the winemaker bringing it all into balance. It's delicious. Absolutely. And now it's very fashionable to say that the wine is mature and the wine is coming and God decided that this plot of land was going to be wonderful. But all of this, very honestly, for me is rubbish. The important thing with wine is the people who make the wine and the people who drink the wine. And then the other things are the conditions for this. But this is the important thing. And in Rioja, I fully agree with you that the blenders, that the winemakers are crucial for this. And we've talked a lot about Rioja and Tempranillo and diving into it a lot today. But I wanted to ask you, what are some helpful tips, three helpful tips that people studying the region and studying Tempranillo can keep in mind as they move forward in their wine journey? Don't try very hard to uh, identify the wines with a very particular profile. Tempranillo is much more versatile than Cabernet on this. That would be my first recommendation. Nonetheless, always look for velvety tannins for wines that have a certain consistency. Never look for very high acidity. Tempranillo has to be fresh, not particularly crisp acidity or whatever on this. And then appreciate the gracefulness of aging. I think that a very young fruity Tempranillo is a very nice wine to start just loving the variety. But if you want to get really uh, hooked to the variety, you need to experiment with age tempranillo. Thank you so much, Pedro. That's, those are such great tips for people to know. Thank you very much, Pedro. That's fantastic. Thank you. 